We'll talk Cody Rock, Hiroshi Ogawa, gone from stardom. What did Bret Hart say about modern wrestling? It's all on the way this episode. Let's get to it. Third League Radio. All right, I don't know. The big news I think we got to start with, I think everybody's been talking about Cody and Rock. Cody wins Royal Rumble. Gets to name his challenger at WrestleMania. Everybody, for the last two years, last year we thought it was going to happen. Thought it was going to be Cody versus Roman. Cody dethrones Roman. Cody officially becomes the guy. And yet. I just hear the words of his father. Cody's father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, and also the conversation, or at least the interview that Stone Cold Steve Austin had back when he was asking about his booking when Dusty Rhodes was a booker in WCW. Do you know what comment that he made to Stone Cold Steve Austin? No, I do not. That's not for you, baby. That's <laughs> not for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, the, the, the thing I got to say on this is The Rock... I think might have been a little bit clueless on this one. As as much as he is beloved by wrestling fans, by action movie fans of 2005, I think he might have been a little bit clueless on this one. He thought, maybe rightly so, that Rock versus Roman would be the biggest WrestleMania ever, and maybe at a different time it would have been. And maybe it will be this year. But taking a spot in a very McMahon-like way by inserting himself somewhere he doesn't belong and thinking everyone's glad he's going to be there. I think that that just makes him look really bad. Well, you got to back it up a little bit because he is kind of like low-key trying to take over the road to WrestleMania. I mean... I don't know if you were watching that uh, SmackDown. Um, that SmackDown was all centered around the Rumble winners choosing their yeah. uh, opponent. I mean, the main event was Tiffany Stratton versus Michi, and it was not about the wrestling on that yeah. show. Bailey chooses EO. has a great segment, the best part of that the show. That was the best part of the show. And then they played The Rock's music for, for Bailey. For some reason, yeah. So we were like, okay, sure, The Rock is here tonight. And then when Cody gets up there, mm. he says he doesn't want Rollins' title. He, he wants R- Roman's title, but he doesn't want to fight Roman at WrestleMania. Out comes The Rock, and then they handshake there. Um, oh, and you can see the moment. And you can see the moment Cody's just, just drops. Just for a little, you know, trivia fact. This was the lowest-rated SmackDown in the company history because of that. Mm, the most disliked video in WWE history on YouTube. But let's 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 focus on a couple other things too that that we're gonna have to give Rock credit on. Okay, he came out there. He didn't cut a promo. He came out there, and that was enough energy for him to be out yeah. there. Honestly, what I would have liked to have seen happen is him cut a promo. Okay, he should have came out there and he should have torn that audience up. Put them right in the palm of his hand. But the problem with it is they don't want this. Can you not tell from this point that we're tired of being force fed these storylines? Yeah. And I don't care how much I love The Rock. And I do love The Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. But That's... this is a bad move. 
I, I totally agree with you, except uh, I know why they didn't do any promos, because they are doing, for world title matches at least I'm seeing, they're going to do, or I'm predicting anyway, they're going to okay. do the UFC style. They're having going to have a press conference between the main event fighters. That's okay. I mean, that's they've already announced it. it's February eighth from Call it Las Vegas. Style, yeah. <laughs> but see, there again, there there's your problem. UFC and WWE being a partnership like they are for two unlike companies that people keep on wanting to jam in there and say are the you know the same yeah. type of yeah. thing. UFC and WWE are not the same. And the more that you want to push and make sports entertainment the same as UFC. It's not. It's not wrestling well, anymore. There was a little bit um, Pancrase with Minoru Suzuki, but you look at Bass Rutten, and Bass Rutten just was a beast in Pancrase. And that, I mean, that was more of an MMA style that it eventually got to, but I see where you're going with that. Well, I mean, well, you can go back and say, you know, like Shamrock and stuff like that. I mean, like early on when UFC was in there, you had people from the UFC coming over or people doing that type of, you know, combat well see this kind of this point leads me to another thing with ufc or tko really not totally understanding professional wrestling and they and, never will and a lot of people who maybe do understand professional wrestling are on their way out should i say um or they have people over their head that just go no 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 we're not doing yeah. what you say well see okay this is something that leads me to kind of discredit a report Meltzer has been, been putting out. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that Dave put this out. I'm saying that he's maybe just reporting what he's been told. But there's a couple of things I want to kind of shoot back on here. And one of them is that they've had this plan since January 3rd for The Rock to come back and take Cody's spot. And I just, that doesn't make sense to me in a lot of different ways. I mean... One of the main ways is, why have Cody win WrestleMania at all? I mean, there's no reason for him to win. There's there's no you reason to Royal build Rumble. this. Oh, Royal Rumble. I'm sorry. Royal Rumble and head to WrestleMania. But there's no reason to build this story for two years and then to have a company take over on January 1st who doesn't know a thing about wrestling and to change it automatically on January 3rd, three days into the job. What I I have been when companies change over. Anthony, you and I were at a company when there was changeover, when there was people. They didn't, on the third day, go, okay, everything's different. They maybe did a little bit later, but they let things sit for a little bit to see how things worked. Why would a company on the third day change what's been going on for two years? The only other thing I can think of is that this was already, like, there was some stuff in process with them doing it anyway. And to be frank with you, they look at the the title as a prop. They are very, very much, you know, all these corporate types really do see it as a prop. And that's the problem. That's what happened with WCW, and you're going to see it again with WWE. Bunch of people that they kept, they said, okay, well, you guys can really run this shop really well, so they're going to keep the wrestlers. They're not going to fire them. If they want to quit because of what Vince did, sure, that might happen. Doubt it, because they would have already left. But... At this point, you've got a corporate entity taking on some little carny mud show wrestling, <laughs> and they don't know what to do with it. They want to run it like a regular, normal business. It doesn't work that way. And Vince never ran it like a normal business. I don't know how he became a billionaire with everything that he did. It's nuts. All I can tell you is, is there's a lot of theft. That's all I can tell you. 
And with all this news breaking out about WWE, AEW is getting a lot of, I don't want to say positives in, in media, but it's like... They're looking a little bit better. Um, like, I see a lot of people who go, all right, maybe, like on Twitter going, maybe let's look at AEW now. <laughs> and it's like, so was your opinion on AEW what the Twitter was telling you? Yeah, and you're, exactly. you're that's, now going to go watch it? So... But, but another anyway. thing I kind of want to push back on Meltzer on is it, it's in this same vein. He says that I, I, I'm sure he's just reporting what he's being told, but he says that they're doing this to get Cody over to make Cody popular like Daniel Bryan. He's the biggest baby face in the company. He doesn't need to get over. And in turn, if you're doing this to get him over, you're also making the rock heal. Why? It doesn't make sense to me. Am I the only one? Well, I, I don't, I mean, I, I can't tell you why they're doing it. It's just, I can tell you that they're doing it. And in my opinion, that's better than if they were just screwing over Cody randomly at the, right after he won the Rumble. So I think if the, if it is all a work, I will be happy, but I guess my point to this is I don't think that's what's happening. I think these are stories WWE leaked out to Meltzer to kind of save their face after a backlash that they did not expect. It could be. It could be. Because genuinely, as we've all said, The Rock is typically loved. I don't think anybody in WWE expected this backlash. I think the fans did. So what we're at at this point, and and just I kind of, if you guys want to wrap this up with this one. (laughs) The Rock has become Tug Speedman. There you go. And we're talking about we're talking about Tropic Thunder. I just recently rewatched that amazing yeah. movie. But Tug Speedman, uh, Ben Stiller's character, 12. for the analogy, <laughs> he's an aging action star that's starting to kind of fizzle. He's got eleven projects. We, all three of us actually looked up his IMDb before before we got on the mic tonight. And I'm going to tell you, all of his projects are remakes, reboots, and sequels. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, he's not going to go hungry. He's not going to have any problems, but it's just going to be like every other fading yeah. action star and everything. And it's just going to, it's slow. And here's another one. Here's one last piece that I want to add to this one. I do not believe, 100% do not believe that until The Rock signed that contract with his buddy-buddy relationship with Ari Emanuel, who is the real boss. Uh-huh of TKO who's the he real dude the dude in charge yes and the guy was powerful already anyway but those two have a relationship and I'm quite sure that The Rock came and brought his tequila with him just like he tried to do with Warner Brothers and had a little sit down Ari Emanuel likes to schmooze a lot more yes he does and this is what you get you've got a company that is a company that's there to make money they're all there to make money but they're not all there to give you what you want or the most people want exactly. they want money that's exactly. all they want all elite. Yeah, Moving over on. to AEW Dynamite, that had a lot of story progression leading up to this week's Dynamite. Um, if last week's Dynamite felt like a go-home show to this week, which is this week feels like a pay-per-view. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, last um, week, the featured matches were Adam Page versus Toa Leona and Swerve versus Rob Van Dam in a well, hardcore they were match. Choosing each other's matches. Right, uh, right, Page right. pick for Swerve, Swerve pick for Page. Uh, the Toa Leona and Adam Page match was actually. Uh, probably the best match on the show. No Showcase hate to Van Dam, but they've been I mean, wow! It's to 
Mm. He hadn't got to see Toa outside of the tag team much, and he, he got. I mean, it's he was going to lose to Adam Page, but he got a real good showcase. Like I, like I said earlier, the only way to describe him to see for who people he was for people who haven't seen him, he's kind of like Bronson Reed, but like for people who only watch WWE, yeah. Um, so that's but he, it was a full beatdown of Adam Page really until the end where he was. Uh, he ha- he hit a. He hit two uh, buckshot lariats and something else. I he forgot. Did. And he did. Yes. Um, yes. It took it took a bit to put him down. Yeah. Well, he, he. I think two were failed, and then the last two were back to back. So, um, but the Rob Van Dam match. Yeah, I mean that was. Uh, <sighs> you knew who it was if you watched when uh, you know Adam Page was like. Your opponent's going to be the whole effing show. You just knew who it was going to be, but it was still, who's it going to be? The silhouette. And out comes Rob Van Dam. Yay, gets the big pop. I, I love Rob Van Dam with this music, and I, I feel like he looks happier. I don't he does. know. Yeah, looks like he can. Now, Rob Van Dam can't work like ECW Rob Van Dam, but he doesn't he have good. to work WWE style. He can still work. I a think he look. I think he looked good. I yeah. mean, considering. No, yeah. I mean, considering everything. Go back and look at some of these old other old timers that come back. <laughs> like uh, there's a match that like sent me a clip earlier today, and it was uh, Tenacious Z, Zach Gowan Zach versus yeah. Road Dog, and Road Dog was in that little trip there in TNA. Wasn't that when he was in yeah. TNA? Yeah, he was looking. Woo, he looked like a potato sack with a bad haircut. I'm telling you, man. It did not look good for Jesse James. <laughs> but um, what I, my comment during the match was, uh, I had two comments. One on uh, the stipulations, because I was mad at people who mix up the differences between hardcore and no DQ and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. But my other comment was... Jim Cornette style. Rob Van Dam goes out there and tries to wrestle... As if he was in the nineties, like does. like he gives I'm. It is all like that's why you will see his matches now have a little bit more downtime, and they try to they try to not show it as much. But there is a lot of downtime because he's working like he did in the nineties, so he's hurting himself a little more. or he's making himself more exhausted. Well, I was trying to allude to that earlier. He doesn't have to work a WWE style. He can work a a, a, a more complex style, but. I would kind of agree that he does need to maybe find a better balance than uh, what he has now. I th- but I think that's really the only match that they could have that would work. Like I don't think uh, Rob Van Dam could have like a normal singles match with Swerve and make it anything like yeah. but better than good. Like I think that's the style of match they needed, and uh, he pulled out some of his old tricks. He still looked good doing them, so crowd went crazy. You're listening to Third League Radio. Rosie Ogawa gone from Stardom. Now, Cobain, you know a little bit more about Stardom than most of us. I've seen uh, I've seen a few matches of Stardom. I like a lot of what I've seen. There's some of it that I question a little bit, honestly, like the shape of the titles, the names of the titles. Uh, I saw some. I saw some matches where it was kind of like what you had to like 
do one fall in a certain way and another fall in a different way, but it was not a... I believe I, I believe that it. was Tokyo Joshi Pro. Tokyo Joshi Pro? Okay, maybe I'm getting confused. They're, but, they're like the DDT of women. Okay, okay. I am getting that confused, but still, the stardom titles might be my biggest uh, if on that, but... So tell us about Rosio Gawa. Tell us about stardom, and then let's get into this, because I got some thoughts on this. Well, the story that has come out uh, is that... Rossi Ogawa was um, not allowing any contracted talents to do any negotiations with uh, any other promotions and this was seemingly for all promotions but uh, it just came out that he was allowing uh, performers not only to go to the PC which was fine you know AEW lets Daniel Garcia go to the PC but right. um, and Ricky Starks but um he was only letting. He them. was. He, he was he letting. He was letting no. them negotiate contracts while under contracts, or get offers made, and let them. Mm-hmm. He he let them talk, and uh, it was a big. Okay, he was a big reason. He was a big reason why Kyrie Sane is back in WWE. He's a big reason why Io Shirai is in WWE. Um, well, okay. Let me let me kind of clarify. It's not that they talked under contract. It's that he was only letting them talk to WWE. Right. Will Ospreay talked under contract, but he talked to everyone. New Japan opened it up. Hey, anyone can talk to him. Mm-hmm. The fact that Ogawa and that, was that's, like, that's no. a rule under Bushi Road in United yeah. Japan. And uh, Tony found this out. And uh, uh, I believe because he was uh, not allowed to talk to Julia, but there's uh, uh-huh. reports that she was going to WWE or that she had offers and he uh, called Bushi Road and was like, "Hey, I th- look, you might want to look into this." And they fired his ass immediately. Like yeah. I was telling some people online, I haven't really been commenting. Now, maybe as the much. victory parade Tony did on Twitter, I, he might not. Uh, I haven't really that. been commenting as much uh, on other people's, but comments online. But they are strict in Japan. One yeah, rule, definitely. and it's and it, and that has been going on for years. So there is no leniency there. And this is where I think it might hurt WWE in the future. I know. Ogawa said he's going to start his own promotion. I don't know how that works. And this is why I don't know if it helps WWE. Because with United Japan, with UJW, with the top, what, nine or ten promotions in Japan joining together under one banner, Bushiroad has a lot of power in that. Bushiroad has, I mean, they might be at the head of the table. To quote a Roman Reigns thing, you know. Well, that I mean, and there's a good thing there, but... Where's the money coming from? That's that's what we got to figure out. Where the money comes from is who makes the decisions. Well, my, I believe he's probably just gonna kind of use money that he has, take out a loan, and then he's because you don't need that much to start up a small one. He's gonna take out a business loan. He's gonna use his savings, and he's gonna piggyback off another small women's promotion like Wave. Or, okay, but I, I I think the point that's being missed on me is if you're not a part of UJW in Japan going forward what can you really do you're gonna be well, there's millions you're of gonna these. be an independent promotion you're gonna be a local promotion just like I mean maybe they can get to the that level maybe of PWG maybe they can get to the level of well, GCW who's, who's to say that's not what he's going for maybe he just wants to run a business maybe he just wants to be in wrestling well, but, but I'm gonna say even in Japan the level of GCW I think kind of has to be under UJW. It kind of has to be under that banner. Because going forward, this is the this is very new. 
So I guess I'm speaking maybe out of turn because we don't know what it's going to be. Maybe he but makes a forward, maybe he makes a new con, new uh, one called like Independent Japan, where he gets a bunch of independents together. Well, maybe that, but. When WWE comes over to Japan because of this, because of the relationship with Ogawa, because of the rule breaking, it's going to be a lot harder to step foot back into UJW. They already had a foot in there with with All Japan, with Charlie Dempsey. Even though it was going to be an uphill climb for them, they still had a foot in the door. But now, did the door close? It, I mean, it all just it, it depends on them. We can't really say. I mean, it's just it could, but we don't know. What I honestly think is going to wind up happening, somebody he's got a backer already. He would not be talking to other talent if he didn't have a backer. You don't start a company like this if you don't have a backer. What, what's he What's he going to do? Sell all of his uh, geisha cards? I, I don't know. Like, well, like I'm thinking, it sounds he, like a, like him starting up a new business like that at his age. He's he's not a young guy. Well, what's he going to do? Sell his baseball cards? On the way that he self-sabotaged his own company? Well, it's not his own company anymore. He doesn't. He was just employee. He created it. Then he was in charge of it. And he self-sabotaged it all the way up until this point. Money. That's backstabbing. That's not going to be looked good upon in the Japanese wrestling community. If if it if it's anything like I understand it to be. Well, I mean, what we've got to we've got to figure out is where you know why he would be doing that all along i say it's money but i yeah. mean that's the easy answer and it's the obvious well answer, i say money and a promised job with wwe that's that i don't something. think will ever come uh, oh no yeah no 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 because he what he brought to the table besides being fluent in japanese obviously yeah but what he brings to the table is that that japanese business thing but also i looked into the guy a little bit more today because I, I i'd heard of him obviously yeah. i know star I've, I've watched it not heavily not as much as cobain cobain yeah. is our guru here but the guy is an old school wrestling guy like his like his booking he his thought process and everything so what he was pulling was an old school vince mcmahon and whatever whatever you say the apple don't fall far from the tree in that yeah. kind of behavior hey He's only one third of the founders. He still has two other people, uh, both uh, former uh, All Japan Pro wrestlers, um, and he can delegate through them if if it's like the if it's like the because we all know now uh, from Ronda Rousey that Vince was delegating through Bruce Pritchard yeah. and all of, with all of his decisions. So it could be something like that going on. But um, let's go ahead and. Uh, Talk about the Stardom 13th anniversary show. That is that that was his last one. Yes, that was the he got fired right after the day after. <laughs> um, so the best match on the show was, of course, the high speed title. Now, to Americans, I can only describe it as like an X division title. It's or a cruiserweight title. It's called the high-speed title. But you put the X and the Cruiser in the same vein, you're going to make me go Sheldon on you and tell it's, you the differences between the X Division yes, and the Cruiserweight title. I, I understand. I just <laughs> it's mean... It's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. Well, yeah. It's... <laughs> that's what it is, really. Um, but... I'm not going to... I'll say a couple of these names that you guys should be familiar with. Um, the Wonder of Stardom title and the World of Stardom title... Those are the wonders, the mid-card, and 
world is the... The world. Of course. Sayori Ano is the wonder of Stardom Champion, and I... I think she's actually the best the best worker in Stardom. She's okay. great. Um, she beat Starlight Kid, who I think is... Uh, X-Pac? Is X-Pac <laughs> a woman? Wasn't that the week before he, uh, he beat uh, Razor Ramon? No, no, he was the Cannonball Kid then. Oh, okay, okay. yeah, there, yeah. There, there we go, there we go. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's really good, too. Um, but... She's kind of used like a Dolph Ziggler almost. Like she's never gonna go anywhere. Like she might be in a title match, but it's just for like a name value or for because yeah. she can sell or something like that. Like it's just like I feel it's not enhancement talent, but you know. Okay, there you go. Um, and then Maika defeated Saya Kamatani. Now, Maika. Maika. Now, she. It's close. There. She's their next big star. They've been... She's been there for forever. Yeah. And uh, we actually watched her, one of her matches. Um, her and her t- her tag partner retired at 25 years old. And Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember that, yeah. She was the one in the red. Um, she's really, really good. I don't know what else to say other than that because you just have to watch... Um, there's the story there is my car isn't even supposed to be champion but she's still champion it's kind of like a oh kind of like a big Bill and Ricky Starks type yeah, thing uh, uh, Tam Nakano didn't want to defend the title and then or she was injured but didn't want to drop the title and then there was uh the winner of the Prince or not Princess Cup. Wow, I'm getting it. The See? Yeah. The Stardome Cup. She was uh saying Well, if you're not gonna defend the title, the you know, I have my shot. Title Where's, names. Yeah, so you you have to vacate the title. So finally they made her vacate the title and it was her versus Micah, and you would never think that Micah was gonna win because they were put Yeah. The um the other, I forgot her name. It's not coming up top of my head, and my phone's dead. But um, <laughs> uh, she was all set to win because she had a, a story like Cody Rhodes, kind of like she she was supposed to win. Yeah, she, it was all or Booker T or Hogan, Ron Killing. one. It, she was supposed to win, and she didn't. So this story is either still going, or she's never going to win, and it's going to be a dark spot in history. Mm, yeah. So. Um, that that's what happened at the 13th anniversary show. It was a good show, gr- great matches, uh, mainly just ending a bunch of stories, a lot of tag matches because they have a lot of faction stories. Most of their stories yeah. are through their women's factions because everyone is inside of a faction. Brett Hart. Well, let's talk about one of my heroes growing up. Probably a guy who... Uh, he probably speaks a little more truth than I'm willing to admit right now, Mr. Bret Hart. So tell us about Bret Hart. He has uh, some views on modern wrestling. I personally think a lot of older wrestlers, uh, Bully Ray in particular that I'm speaking about, uh, I hate to lump Bully in with Glenn Gilberti, but I'm going to. A lot of people um, don't really understand modern day wrestling. They don't understand 
the blend between reality and professional wrestling. The, um, a, a lot of people are maybe stuck on the older way of doing things, or I don't want to say the older way because back in uh, other days, someone would punch you right in the head, and that was the punch. You know, it wasn't pulled at all. Uh, I want to say maybe 70s, 80s, 90s, going up into that. A lot of people may be stuck into that world where they're not used to some of the realism of today. They're not used to some of the danger, if you will. They're not used to some of the tiger drivers all the time. Um, But I think think that can be done safely, but I don't think they're giving it a chance. I think they're just shunning it without. I don't know if that's what Brett's doing here, but I think that's close. Well, Brett didn't even meant wasn't even talking really about safety too much. Um, he was really getting into how the moves really kind of. Yeah, okay. And uh, Anthony knows more about it. Kind of read it more. Um, I only read the first paragraph. But. Well, I mean, realistically, what we're looking at with Bret Hart is like this is a bitter old dude. Like, I have a love-hate relationship with <laughs> Brad Hart. Like, he was an amazing storyteller in the ring. Horrible on the mic unless he was mad. And yeah, that's about halfway speaking the truth. He's like The Miz. The Miz is terrible on the mic. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. he's just goofy and terrible. But when he gets mad, like, when he got mad at Daniel Bryan years ago, yeah. when you know, before he's Bryan Danielson again, uh, when he freaked out and, like, his little hairdo got in his face and he's freaking out and everything, yeah. that's Brett. That's yeah. 100% best Brett. When Brett's on fire, that's it. But... Also, Brett hates Goldberg. By the way, guys, this newest comment has a Bill Goldberg it does, dig. It does, it does. Um, the biggest thing that was in there that I appreciated, he's like, these chops can't end a match. He's right. Yeah. These chops can't end a match. Uh, Andre the Giant could have done that. Penta. Penta could Cobain do that. Cobain said that earlier. Cobain already said that, That's and that's a good one. But I didn't really get his comment there because I haven't seen a modern match that ended in a chop unless I'm missing one from maybe all Japan or something. But maybe, maybe. those would be old guys doing the chops. So. Yeah. yeah, I think he was talking about more more or less like going the whole match doing these these like marathon chops. You know, the one, two, yeah. three. Yeah. That doesn't end the match. That's really honestly, it's kind of a show of strength, but it also lengthens the match. Well. How I thought of it now is it's like um, the crowd really gets into those if they if they're invested into the rest at least in AEW crowds like they will get into every chop and it they do do damage and honestly if you really count them up the chops are like five percent of the match like the most most of it it's like suplexes or fighting on the outside or actual strikes not not chops and chops are considered strikes so if you're getting mad at chops then you're gonna just get you should be getting mad i you know i want to talk about which i I do think uh, people or talent don't really know how to strike anymore yeah okay i'll give you that but i think i want to talk about something i think we kind of touched on earlier where he was talking about today's wrestlers and about if you're trying to hurt someone he called it bill goldberg wrestling Today's, yes. today's wrestlers aren't trying to hurt anybody. They're actually trying to protect everyone as much as they can while having a style that reacts to what they did on the indies, to what they did going up. You can refine that style. You don't have to WWE it. Well, it's not even that. And, and what, he, what he comes back to at the end of it, I mean, let me hit these few points real quickly. 
uh, first thing that he says is that wrestlers today, uh, when they land, they realize 30 seconds later that they're in the wrong spot and start wiggling across the ring to get in the right position. Good call. Yeah. That's always been there, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's always that's always been, always there. been there. He might be seeing more of it in certain instances. He's right. Like, you know, do you remember when yes. uh, when all the ladies wrestlers in TNA were like getting up to do yeah. they were going to do their uh, they were going to do the uh, uh, the slams like mm-hmm. the, the the joint slam. Who was that? Was that wasn't that TNA? Right. Go man. Yes, yes. Okay, so you could kind of see them kind of sliding together and everything like that. Saw that. That's point one that he makes. Hold on. Point. I will say I camera work in all elite wrestling does horrific uh, quality for the wrestlers in that position. TNA camera work it's makes it, turns it, and moves it. They give them a chance to get in position without just showing it yeah. plainly on TV. Yeah, the camera work in TNA is great on uh, not showing the faults or the bad angles of something, but... The counterpoint to what I say to that is I he I get it he wants to see like more realism to like obviously it's a scripted fight but he wants it to feel like how it did in the 90s and now it kind of feels like an act and whatever yada 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 okay the 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 counter is okay what if they don't move and then they miss or do you want another uh, Brock Lesnar where he could he missed didn't he didn't have enough it was yeah. too far. Yeah. That was a little bit of hesitation on Brock, too, but uh, yeah. I mean, there's. What's the. Do you want him. Yeah. What, do you want him not to move and then the other guy get hurt? It's. Okay. So then the second point that he comes up with is the guys diving off top rope. They go into the crowd of people. I think that spot's dumb. I've always thought that spot was kind of yeah. dumb. I'm not gonna catch the. I'm not gonna catch this guy that's coming kamikaze over me. I'm gonna throw him into. I'm gonna throw him into the crowd. I'm gonna throw him in a wood chipper. Yeah. You know, like, and I get the realism there. So it's like this rant is Brett just kind of like you know detailing the stuff like that. That's one. The next thing that he goes back into is um, there's so many wrestlers that are subpar out there, uh, and they allow themselves. Uh, what did they say here? Um, they allow themselves to rely on things like chops, which I think is sort of cheap heat. You get a reaction, and what's your reaction? You're whipping a, uh, whipping a guy across the chest with your hand. Okay, so you're hurting some guy for real, for some stupid reason, and the crowd sort of reacts to it. I think he misses the ball on that one Yeah, completely. well, he's trying to subtly take shots at Eddie Kingston, and I'm I, not sure why. I don't know if he's doing that, or maybe even talking about Gunther. Well, okay, but I only thought Kingston, because I've seen a lot of Kingston hate on the internet saying that he can only do chops, he can only fight, that he's not a real wrestler. And half, I think half of Gunther's matches are chops. Yeah, okay. Um, half of Sheamus' matches from 2010 to 2021 were chops. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's, they're, they do a lot of chops now in AEW and I think he watches a lot of AEW so I think he's seeing that. Um, but, and then to wrap up the whole Goldberg thing that he says, I love what he says about Goldberg, too. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, I'm going to wrap this up with this one, too. So th- and this is full quote. In my understanding of pro wrestling, anytime anyone does anything to you that hurts for real, chopping, putting blisters on your chest when you go to your room or bed, anytime anyone does anything to you for real, they're in the wrong business. They're doing it wrong because you're not supposed to get hurt. You're not supposed to come back to your dressing room that night or to your hotel room and have a big lump on your head or a black eye or your teeth knocked out. 
Yeah. That's Bill Goldberg wrestling. That's not how it's done. That's Bill Goldberg wrestling. Match of the week. All right, match of the week time. And you know what? I didn't have a lot. I was going through the matches. I had four or five to choose from. You know, a couple of them, uh, Eddie Kingston, Brian Keith. I like that one. It was a really tough match. A good introduction for Brian Keith. I like Hanari, Gabe Kidd. Violent, physical. If that's the style Gabe Kidd's going for, recommend it. I haven't really liked him up until this point. But for me, I think it came down to two, so I was going to kind of pick between these two. Um, But there's really no picking. There's a clear honorable mention and a clear match of the week. So honorable mention for me, Ilya Dragunov, Trick Williams, NXT, Vengeance Day. It got violent really quick. Uh, Dragunov kind of showed he was the champion, but Williams kind of submitted himself at the top. You know why the rise of Trick Williams happened. But it was, you knew Hayes-Williams breakup was coming, and the fact that it didn't happen during the match, they let the match happen, let the match play out, and then it happened afterwards. Pontiac perfection on that. So that's got to be my honorable mention. And crowd still went crazy. Like, I feel like they didn't expect it after the... um... Yeah kind of Carmelo Hayes like hyped him up a little bit like yeah, I don't I mean, you, know there was so was much emotion there because you you know that the, they've been friends since white and gold NXT I think uh-huh. I think they're still trying to call it black and gold but, <laughs> but whatever no. uh-huh. um, they've always been together they've been friends since I think wrestling school I think they're both like came in together into the PC together so um I don't know. It was just still so surprising to see that it actually happened. Yeah. They hadn't turned, they've been teasing the turn for months, but then it, they went back to friends, so they're like, okay, we're not going to do it. And the, the, the Vengeance Day crowd just did really, really well. I forgot where they were. Do you, I really don't they want might, They might have still been in Florida. But it, I don't think it, they were in Florida. I think they were somewhere different because I'm having to think of where they were, yeah. Um, but that was my honorable mention, too. That's why I was giving a detail on it. I think we're going to wind up agreeing all of us this week, honestly. <laughs> um, it's kind of it's kind of annoying. I didn't get to watch a lot of wrestling this week. I watched Dragon Off because... Yeah. Well, I mean, Dragon yeah, Off and, is really and, and, the good uh, thing about NXT for me. And then, and then you got Trick. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I think Trick could be, the you know, another swerve type wrestler. You know, like he's going to do something with yeah. himself. I really do. Um you know, it it was an NXT match, which means it was a really, really good WWE match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's really pretty much what NXT's drawing card is at this point. Is they do do matches that are a little bit outside of what WWE is like their standard. Let's see the five moves of death this yeah. particular wrestler <laughs> has because they all have them. And boo on anybody that says John Cena is the only one. Because they all do. They all do. They all do. Some of them have three to two moves. Some of them have a repertoire that can change out their five moves every now and then. That's kind of a WWE, like, not a law. That's the style. That's that's the WWE style. That's their kind of thing. And then NXT, the point is that they're supposed to figure out what those moves are so they can actually do (laughs) wrestling down there. It's kind of a loophole. Okay, so um, if we talk about story over match... Well, I guess my match of the week would have to somewhat have a a match over story a little bit because if the knock on CMLL has always been it's all moves, no story, no attention to detail, the answer to that was 
Hechicero versus Brian Danielson. That was probably my match of the week. You saw the technical talent of CMLL as opposed to the Lucha Libre, the high-flying, the uh, cornet flippy-dippy, whatever he wants to call it. You saw, uh, even though Cobain mentioned earlier he didn't think they had really anything planned for the match, they just went out and worked, you saw how good it was just working in that technical style while still maybe Brian Danielson might have carried the story aspect of the match more, but it was still there. Well, CMLL has a... Uh, they are different from AAA, which is what we usually see here um, recently in America. AAA is more of the high-flying Lucha Libre and doing all these crazy spots. CMLL is more of like a slower style. There's still a lot of high-flying, but it's a lot of technical wrestling, and it's a, it's just a different style of Lucha, but it's still Lucha, and it's... Um, there's in-ring psychology there that some people really don't get unless you watch more Lucha. Um, and I think that CMLL is getting a, a big chance to actually show that because they're getting a mini sub-story here with BCC so they can show their in-ring psychology with this showcase because in AAA and in that kind of Lucha Libre like Vikingo, you don't really need a story to give them a showcase. But in CMLL... You can't just send him out here and be like, hey, look at this guy, get get him over. It's You're going to need some type of reason that he's different other than they can do technical moves. And there's a, a psychology to their matches that needs to be shown through this small story. What I appreciate the most about this is we're, we're talking about that Mexican style of wrestling. This is kind of wrestling that I've watched since I was a little kid. I mean, we live so close to Texas border. I've been watching, you know, like I've literally mm-hmm. bought bootleg tapes in Mexico of Lucha Libre wrestling. I owned a Mil Mascaras mask as a kid. Yeah, I mean, and it's the coolest thing to watch. The thing that people forget about the tradition of Mexican wrestling, and that's a thing that's a problem with, uh, I don't even want to say this other company's name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. The, they just put the wrestlers on lawnmowers and then they, they put them in a group together <laughs> and then they're working like the late shift at Taco Bell yeah, or something yeah. stupid Dumb. and goofy and ridiculous. Like, honestly, if you're going to take Chavo Guerrero Jr. and dye his hair blonde and call him Kerwin White, <laughs> you have no business having any Latino no. wrestlers on your no. roster ever, forever, never. No, they they did that at the time. They had a show specifically dedicated to Lucha Libre, and it was in Spanish. And And that's what they did with (laughs) Chavo. And so when we come back to this and everything like this, this, these are two, like, here in the States, we would not look at him as, oh, oh, man, this guy is coming to to wrestle Brian Danielson. This is going to be awesome. Believe you me, whenever they announce one of these mystery wrestlers or this wrestler that you've never seen before, and they say, you don't want to miss this match. You don't really want to miss yeah. this match. They're, they're, <laughs> they're not wrong. If you like wrestling, watch just about anything with Brian Danielson in it lately and everything like that. There's, I, there's a reason why Meltzer gives stars to his matches. There's a mm-hmm. reason. There is a reason. I mean, I can't believe everything Melter says, but he's not wrong about the, he's not wrong about Danielson. 
And so, what is this? Week two of us all picking Brian Daniels? You know, Daniel Bryan, Brian yeah, Danielson yeah. matches? Yeah, is yeah. that what it says? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Danielson versus El Echicero. El Echicero, there you go. You're listening to Third League Radio. Well, all right, that's it for another week here at Third League Radio. What is coming up this week? Uh, Dynamite looks really good. Looks like a great pay-per-view. We continue. versus uh, Jericho, Texas Tornado Tag, the Big Bill, Ricky Starks, and... Yes, Sting and Darby Allin. This is where they possibly win the titles. Uh, Also, CMLL, Blackpool Combat Club. It is... It's the ECW NWA invasion all over again. They, if you remember so WWE back in the day, how I'm thinking of it is this is this might end their little mini feud right here, and it's perfect because this dynamite feels like a pay per view. So, and they've been doing this story with them for weeks. Like it wasn't just uh, Edgy Soto versus Brian Danielson. There was matches on Rampage. There was matches on Dynamite. There was the little uh, thing with John Moxley and the CMLL during the Dynamite. You know, remember? Yeah. But don't forget, there's also uh, lots of wrestling on YouTube. Don't just, I mean, you can watch WWE, you can watch Raw. Hangman 3. Yeah, there you go. You can watch Raw, you can watch SmackDown, NXT. Don't forget, there's MLW, it's on YouTube. There's Championship Wrestling. You can watch all kinds of wrestling on YouTube, on Fight TV. Hashtag, I stand with Cody. We'll see you next week, Third League Radio.